We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 after dark show the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night welcome to the sunday evening edition of the field of 68 after dark here on sirius xm channel 84 that is the espnu station we are live on youtube we're streaming over there if you are watching hit that like button hit that subscribe button jump in the chat ask us questions we will be answering them during breaks my name is rob doster i'm joined by my partners in crime tonight the rifleman clemson's own terrence oglesby and sports illustrated insider and the single biggest mush on the field of 68 media network kevin sweeney represented by our partners over at bet river sportsbook and guys the sweet 16 is just about set but auburn goes down wisconsin goes down arizona right now they're down by one to tcu with three minutes and 46 seconds left on the clock we're going to talk about all that we're going to take deep dives into each one of those upsets but before we do we have to talk about the biggest story of the NCAA tournament. Coach K's retirement tour lives on for another weekend. T.O., I know you are thrilled to talk about Coach K retiring and this Duke team surviving. But let me ask you this. After watching them blow a lead and then come back from five down in the final five minutes, are you feeling good about the Blue Devils right now? I mean, it was gut check time. But guys, have they really shown us what we didn't already know? They've got dudes that can finish out games. And whenever you're in a close, tight ball game like that one, you know, Paolo Bancaro can make things happen for you. Uh, Wendell Moore, who I thought, you know, his stats didn't scream out at you. I thought he was really good. And they've got Jeremy Roach, who lately, guys, like he's been Mr. Consistent for Duke. He shot the ball well, hit a big three there at the end to get them back on top. This Duke team, they're as good as advertised. And everybody, including myself, is a little sick of the Coach K retirement tour. But we're going to have to live with it for about two more weeks, I think, because these guys are really, really talented. Getting out of conference, I think, refreshed Duke a little bit because now they can play to their strengths a little bit more. They're not getting nooked. It was nooked and crannied or picked at and picked at by opposing ball coaches. Now they're just out there playing. And I think that's a big part of it. Duke's really good and they're going to keep playing. I, kudos to Michigan State. I thought they played really well. I thought they showed really well. They had some guys play, uh, you know, gr- was it Greg Brown or yeah, Greg Brown, right? Am I going crazy? Gabe Brown. 
Gabe Brown, excuse me, Gabe Brown, Greg Brown. Yeah, Gabe Brown, man, I, he, he ended up having a really good year. I thought he could be up there in that 12, 13 point range, and, and he showed well tonight. I, th- that Michigan State team gave them all they could, but Duke, they're so talented and they're going to keep winning. I think Michigan State has big game players, right? I don't think this has been a great Michigan State team, but I felt all year that in big spots that A.J. Hogarth and Tyson Walker have made plays. They've just, like, stepped up and gotten to the basket and hit tough shots, and and they were the reason, I think, as much as anything, that this team was in that game. I mean, obviously, Bingham was really good. Brown, you mentioned, you know, had a really nice net night. But, you know, this team wasn't there without the point guards, and those point guards made some really huge shots, uh, to keep them in that game. But at the end of the day, it was Duke's point guard and Jeremy Roach, who had, I think, the biggest shot of the game. You know, that, that, that three mm-hmm. that he hit well, was so huge. And I think for, for this Duke team, you know, because you have so many guys who can play with the ball in their hands, you have Paolo, who I think is probably best when he has it. You have Moore, who I think has been really good. You know, guys who can just be steady and make shots and make good decisions when they have it in their hands, like Roach, are so valuable. And I thought he played his role tremendously well today uh, in a huge spot. I think you saw the emotion from coach K kind of coming off the court that he knew that they got a real punch. I mean, a real punch from a very good Michigan state team that has been in some big spots in, in, in their careers. Uh, and his well, young the, basketball I mean, team stepped up. The, the concern with this Duke team for me is how are they going to handle the moment? How are they going to handle the pressure of, wow, this might be the end of coach K's career. Wow. You might get knocked off by a seven seed in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Wow. Uh, you might blow this thing. And they, 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 they were doing it. It was happening, right? They, I think that there was at one point they were up by eight in the second half and Michigan state goes on this big run and they end up taking a 70 to 65 lead. And it's just, it's right there. The end is happening. The end is near. We're watching this team give away another lead. We're watching this team melt down down the stretch the same way that it did against North Carolina. And then they didn't. And then Paolo took over and went to the basket and, and, and just said, look, I'm, I'm the biggest and strongest dude on this court. I'm going to go make a shot right here. Did it two or three times in a row. Jeremy Roach didn't hit that three. And it just felt like in that moment, T.O., tell me if I'm wrong here, but it felt like in that moment they kind of exercised some demons a little bit there. I think the big thing was, I, I this might be crazy to say, but I think they've been relieved of some pressure by the fact that they're no longer playing at Cameron. So the fact that they're out on the road, they're, they're, everybody's part of the same amount of hoopla. The Coach K thing's kind of been lost in the weeds because of all the games. Now, it's obviously still a big talking point for them, but I think there's been less of it because it, it, I think there was a hill that was climbed after that bad performance. It was like, okay, the worst is out of the way. Now, worst case scenario, we lose and it's done, as opposed to, man, there's Grant Hill over there. Christian Leitner's there. Uh, Jay Billis is up, upstairs. Caught. Like, there, there was so much pressure on that one game. I thought a lot of those guys were like, hey, it's not going to get any worse than that. But I, they stepped up big time. Paulo Bancaro just t- took it. He, he took the game into his own hands. I thought he was really, really good. I can't get over Jeremy Roach, so. Like, this is a guy that a lot of people were picking out earlier in the season, and he's just done his job, and he's done it really well. And, man, is he quick with the ball in his hands. And like Sweeney said, like, when you have multiple guys that can make something happen off the bounce, and Duke has that now more so with Jeremy Roach. He's fully healthy. He's been playing great. Like, they're really dangerous, especially at the end of clock. Are you worried about their defense at all? Because that's one thing. Like, I keep expecting them and wanting them to be a great defensive team. And I just don't think that they are. 
Well, they rely so much on individual defense. They've always done that. Now, especially since the one and one and done era started, because they have a bunch of young guys, so they have to stay in front. And they do rely a lot on Mark Williams down there in the post. And what happens if they've played teams like a Miami with a Sam Wardenberg that can pull out and stretch out that five man, like they can struggle because then everything opens up in the middle and they're not help heavy. If you get past your initial defender, you can beat Duke if Mark Williams is not in that paint. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't necessarily worry about it because I think on the other end, they're going to be able to overwhelm you also. But this Duke team, if they can, if Mark Williams is away from the basket, it can be an issue. Yeah, I worry about it. I think, though, you know, I think, you know, they get what 1.2 points per possession today against the mm-hmm. Michigan State offense that, you know, do they have a high level pro on that team? I mean, you think Christie eventually, but he's a long way away. Like, I think it's concerning. I think for me, like at the end of the day, like with the physical tools that those guys have, right, with Keels, with Moore, with Bencaro, like Griffin, I mean, these guys are all long athletic dudes who can move their feet. And you, you'd expect these guys to be able to contain the ball. And I, I just feel like so many times these guys have gotten beat off the bounce, you know, lately. And I think, again, part of that today was like Hogard was just making plays. And I've watched him get by a lot of guys that it doesn't kind of make sense because he's kind of bigger body, but he just finds a way into the lane. But, I mean, it's been a consistent issue. You know, Virginia Tech killed them. I mean, Virginia Tech, you know, cut and diced up that defense. And, you know, before that, they had some defensive struggles against Syracuse and obviously the North Carolina game. Like, like there have been a lot of cracks in this Duke defense lately. And I think I worry about that once they play against an elite basketball team. Michigan State's good. You know, they're not elite, right? You know, you're staring down Texas Tech in the next round. Texas Tech guards the heck out of you. I mean, yep. I mean, Duke's not going to be able to put 80 on Texas Tech. So, so, so how do they respond? How does their defense respond? Can they slow down a team and win on, on the defensive end? Can they do enough on that on the floor? And I think that question is still up open for, uh, for answering right now. I, I actually think that they match up pretty well with Texas Tech. And the reason I say that is to beat that no middle defense – what you really need to be able to do is kind of have short drives where you're not over committing. You're trying to get to uh, your driving baseline and you're trying to get to about 12 feet where you can kind of force the defense to move and then be able to, to pick out shooters on the opposite side of the floor. You got to have guys that are big enough to be able to make that pass over the six foot six long athletic wings that, that Texas tech has. And Duke's got a bunch of guys that can do that. Trevor Keels can do that. Wendell Moore can do that. Even Paolo Bancaro can do that. They have a couple guys. I mean, AJ Griffin, assuming he's healthy, which I think he will be, uh, he doesn't miss these days. Wendell Moore is knocking down threes. Paolo Bancaro can make threes. Tio, how do you see this matchup playing out? Well, that's a big part about it. Like, they have guys who can score about 15 feet. If you look at teams that have beaten Texas Tech, and I don't have their entire schedule in front of me, but I'm about to grab it. Like, I know that TCU beat them. Why? Because they have Mike Miles who can score over the top of defenses. They have guys who can create off the bounce. Duke does have that. But at the same time, that, that Texas Tech team's rugged now. And I think if it's a toughness contest, uh, Texas Tech's going to win that. I, I like Texas Tech in that game moving forward. I think defensively, they just swarm to the basketball. They're every bit as tough as any team that Duke has played this year. And in the tournament, we've seen it. We've seen it all weekend, guys. Like, refs are letting it go. It's physical mm-hmm. basketball being played uh, with your season on the line. And who is better suited for that than Texas Tech? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a few, but Texas Tech fits that mold beautifully. 
the the one thing I'm worried about with Texas Tech, they really struggled to score against Notre Dame. Notre Dame threw this little junky 2-3 zone on them, and Texas Tech could not figure it out. Their last 10 points of the game before uh, Kevin McCullough had that, that breakaway uh, garbage time dunk all came from the foul line. They could not figure it out, and it was a junky, uh, junky zone that Notre Dame was playing with a bunch of guys that aren't very athletic. You know what Duke has? They have a bunch of dudes that are really athletic. That is the one thing that concerns me. You, you said that you don't think they can get to 70. Hit that, Ben. Oh, man, that's a horrible shot. Um, you said that you don't think that they can get to, to 80 points. I don't know if Texas Tech is going to be able to get to 60 against them. I mean, look, Duke hasn't guarded. Like, at some point, like, Texas Tech has a lot of dudes who are athletic and can handle the basketball. And mm-hmm. Duke has not done a great job of containing dribble drives. And I think that that concerns me. I think when you let Texas Tech get downhill and get two feet in the paint, they can then kick out to their shooters and make shots. I also think, you know, the other concerning thing for me is I think the way you beat Duke, you know, you know, when Duke's playing offense is you force them to take jump shots and Texas Tech, you know, more take, you know, forces you to take more jump shots than pretty much anyone. I mean, 46% of opponent shots are threes. And I think, you know, especially considering how much we've seen Ben Caro at times settle for perimeter shots when you feel like he can get to the rim, you feel like he can bully his way down there. I worry that, you know, this becomes, you know, Duke taking a lot of contested jumpers because they're not, you know, able to get downhill and or, or they're afraid of the help that comes in because Texas Tech's so well schemed. I still think Duke is the better team, but, you know, look, A, I, I think it's going to be a home crowd for Texas Tech out West. I mean, is that crazy to say? Like this, no, yeah, it is, crazy. It is crazy to say because everybody on the Pac-12, what are they, USC football fans and Duke basketball fans? It's the same thing here. We but have Texas all kinds Tech of Clemson football. They are nuts, but it, I think it'll still go 50-50. I'll, I'll, I think it's I'll Aga tell you, fans we root for Texas Tech. Yeah, the, the thing is you're going to have that, – that's going to be the place to be because Arkansas fans are going to travel, and Gonzaga fans are, are right up the road, and Duke fans are everywhere, right? Like Duke fans are like Cowboys fans where it doesn't matter where you are. There's going to be Duke fans there. Um, and then te- like Texas Tech fans, when we were in Bo- – told, I've told this story on here before. When they were at the, the regional in Boston in 2018, Villanova, national champions, uh, eventual national champions were there. Purdue was there, West Virginia, uh, like a six-hour drive away, fairly local. They were there. It was they were they were by far the loudest, the craziest, the most dominant fan base that was in that building. And I don't, I think it'll be similar in in San Francisco, right? They're, they're playing that at uh at the the Warriors building. So yeah, I, I think you're gonna have a very heavy Texas Tech um, contingent in that spot. Let me ask you guys this. Um, this is the only region where we have the top four seeds left in it. Are you still feeling confident about Gonzaga being able to uh, work their way through? And um, Tia, wh- where do you think is the the most dangerous matchup that Gonzaga is going to end up having? Well, I, I'm pulling up my bracket right now because I, that's the worst thing possible. Uh, I, they, they could have some trouble with Arkansas. I love this Arkansas team, how gritty they are. Uh, Jalen Williams has been really, really good. And they're going to attack Chet Holmgren's chest. 
I think there's if there was one thing taken away from this Memphis game, it was the fact that if you attack him straight up with a big athlete, you can get him in foul trouble, and then you can struggle. If you stay on the floor against Drew Timmy and then make him really don't let him get any separation, he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle at times. And Arkansas doesn't have Memphis type athletes in the front court, but they have they have very good athletes in the front court. Arkansas could give them problems. Uh, after that, it's good that that Duke. If there's a Duke matchup with Gonzaga. Obviously, we've seen that movie before. And then Texas Tech could also give them problems. We've seen that movie before. It's just, it ended up being a really good bracket. It's the only one without all the upsets, quite frankly. But um, interesting enough, it's, I think the team to watch out for, though, Texas Tech is playing better. And then Arkansas is playing a lot better just for the physicality piece of it. You know, I, I think I lean. Gonzaga still to get out of this thing, but it won't be easy. I mean, mm-hmm. the other, you know, if you guys remember Baylor versus Arkansas last year, you know, Arkansas gave Baylor the best game of anyone in the NCAA tournament. And mm-hmm. it's precisely because Eric Musselman is an excellent game planner. I mean, he is nuts, but like, man, does he game plan? Like he gets his guys ready to go. And though, you know, with a full week to prepare or, or mm-hmm. close to it, they are going to be ready. I mean, they are going to have every single thing scouted. They have like 9 trillion GAs who will be ready to rock and roll. I mean, that, that, that staff is going to be ready to go. And I think you know, they'll get their best shot. I, I just don't know that they can win enough personnel battles, but <laughs> it's going to be a heck of a game. And, and then obviously, uh, you know, Duke is already beating his eye. We saw the physicality issues that Duke provided. So, uh, Huge well, shot. Listen, huge, yeah, huge shot. Huge shot. Ben Drop. Matherin. What a shot by what a shot by Ben Matherin. It's a tie game. Uh, TCU, Arizona, 75 all. There's 12 seconds left in that. We got to head to break. But listen, when we come back, we are going to talk about Auburn, Miami. We're going to talk about Iowa, Wisconsin. And we might end up having to just talk about Arizona and TCU, whatever happens in this game. I don't know where we're going next. We have a lot to talk about, though. So make sure that you're back. Clear 90 seconds. Dude, what about oh, that shot? Holy man. shit. And he got fouled before. And he got fouled before on that dunk. Clutch. Clutch. I mean, right, clutch. You got to have guys who can create off the bounce, man. Like, yeah, you got to have guys in the tournament that can create by themselves. We got anything in the right. chat? Uh, no, let's, let me ask you guys this. We'll, we'll get to the chat later because we, I think that all the chat wants us to hear us talk about this. If you're Jamie Dixon right now, where are you going? Who are you going to? I mean, is Mike Miles still alive? Yeah, he's well, banged. I, I, did he did he roll an ankle or something like that? Someone in the chat would know. Did he? Roll, I think see. he rolled his ankle. He was he was limping off earlier, and he hasn't looked right. I think I want to get going downhill and try to get it on the rim, and, and see if Lampkin can make a play. Oh, yeah. they trapped him! They trapped him! Oh, that's it! It's over and back. So, oh, it's a turnover! Shoot it! Oh, he didn't get it off. He didn't get it off. That's not going to count. He didn't get it off. Dude, I'm so far behind you. Wow. That was a great defensive play by Coloco before that moving his feet on the perimeter when they blitzed the ball screen. Yeah, that was terrific. And you know what? If they can review it, he stepped on the the backcourt line. I don't know if they can review it. I don't know if they could review that, though. He, de- he definitely did Ten not seconds. get this off. No, he definitely didn't. Yeah, it was not even close. You don't even need to review it. Going to overtime. Wow. 
This is the field of 68 after dark. We are on Sirius XM channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're streaming live on YouTube. If you want to see another five minutes of this TCU Arizona game, make sure you hit that like button, jump in the chat, ask us some questions. Rob Dosser, Terrence Oglesby, Kevin Sweeney. Guys, that was an insane finish. You are watching uh, Arizona and TCU. We are heading to overtime there. We are going to save the conversation about this game until this game is actually over. So I want to start about uh, start with what happened in the Midwest region, the bottom part of that bracket. Iowa State knocks off potential national player of the year, Johnny Davis in Wisconsin. They went from being picked last in the Big 12 to the Sweet 16. That's pretty wild. But first, T.O., what do you got to say, man? You called this. You called you called Miami over Auburn. You called that upset. Uh, Miami was by far uh, unquestionably the better team tonight. Um, they advanced with a I don't even know. I don't even know what the score was. It was like 70. I think they won by 18 points. Was it 79 to 61? Isaiah yes. Wong had 21. Like what a performance from the Hurricanes. Talk to me. Talk your shit. Talk your shit, T.O. I, I will talk a good amount of shit. But I think the big thing to take away is is Miami's guards are as elite as we've been saying the entire time. Charlie Moore only took eight shots, but he still had 15, nine and eight. Like that dude's really, really good. Now he's like a lot of other guys. I think this is his sixth or seventh year. Like he, that's such an advantage this season for guys who've gotten guys like Charlie Moore, who are very, very good college players that just couldn't make the jump because of size or because of whatever, whatever uh, has been the case. But man, Charlie Moore is really tough. The guy that's just so impressive in my eyes is Isaiah Wong because he was eight of 18, but I'm willing to bet that six or seven of those eight makes were hard as shit because they just have guys that can make – he's a guy that can make shots over high hands. And this Auburn team, we've been dogging the backcourt. We've been dogging the backcourt. And yet here was, here was Walker Kessler and uh, Jabari Smith combining for three of 22. We wanted them to get the ball. They got the ball. They laid an egg. And it it is what it is. This is an Auburn team that's been in flux as of late. It doesn't really seem like they've been connected ever since probably the beginning of February. And you saw it tonight. But what a performance today by Miami. They still didn't shoot the ball really well. Ended up only 3 of 15 from 3. But it doesn't matter. They are the mid-range, mid-range maestros. Are the you know what it is? Their, their ability to force turnovers and create havoc and have Sam Wardenberg at the rim. Like, so he, I did not realize how good of a rim protector he was and what that allowed them to be able to be defensively. Right. Well, you know, they've struggled this year defensively all year. I mean, it it is no secret they're they're well outside the top 100 in Ken Palm, but. Well, they they gamble, right? Right. They gamble. So, and and today they gambled more than they usually do. Like, I think they knew coming into the day that if if you lined it up and let Walker Kessler catch the ball on the block, you let Jabari Smith catch a clean, like, you know, it's going to be a long day. And so we might as well, you know, throw the house at them, see if we can confuse, you know, disrupt. And just, you know, hope for the best. And I think it helps, again, that you have older guys there defensively because you have guys who made those calculated risks before. I mean, look, Cam Augusti is two years and a day older than me. Charlie Moore is 18 months older than me. I get I'm not the <laughs> oldest guy, but, like, I'm a college graduate with a full-time job. Like, these, these guys are old dudes. I mean, these, these guys have been around the block in college basketball. They've experienced it all. It, it, it's poetic for Charlie Moore that he's heading back to the city of Chicago to, to go play in the – Playing the Sweet 16 is very, very cool. But look, yeah, you're absolutely right. They gamble a lot. They won a lot of those gambles. Uh, you know, 
took it away 13 times, which was huge against an Auburn team that, you know, they were gonna have trouble stopping and they got some luck, right? I mean, look at the end of the day, if Auburn made 12 threes, like they're capable of doing this. Whole hold on, game. hold on. The only, the only lucky team in college basketball is Providence. Providence let's Friar. just, let's, yes. let's just, let's just get that out. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the sideburns, they just, they, they came out of nowhere. Unsolicited prior <laughs> No, well, we talked about Providence last night, man. They're they're I love that story. I think they match up well with Kansas. I think that is uh well, we'll get into that later, but I think that's one of the most interesting matchups we have in the sweet 16. Um, why I, I want to know to you like why why were you so confident in Miami? Like what is what is it about you? What is it about them that allowed you to say, okay, they were so inconsistent during the regular season? And I'm going to come out here and I'm going to pick them to go to the elite eight. Like what, what was it because about that scheme, team that made you, you buy? Can, you can scheme and scheme and scheme all you want, but in the end, all they're doing is isolating guys and those guys are getting buckets. And when you have three guys that can make something happen off the dribble and Sam Wardenberg who opens up the floor for them, like he didn't take a whole lot of shots today, but he, he, he's a good enough shooter. Was he 37, 38? 38 from yeah. three or something like that. Like he's a quality. Th- All you have to do is just have the threat of being a shooter. And Isaiah Wong, I've seen that guy enough in person to where if he gets to his right hand, you can forget it. Cam Augusti has shown flashes of brilliance this year. He's finally been healthy. And Charlie Moore is the perfect unselfish piece for that roster. I love that team. And their four men are really athletic. I, I, they, I just feel like you can scheme and scheme and scheme, but those dudes are still going to be dudes no matter what. And then Auburn's weakness this season has been guard play. And then mm-hmm. what is Miami's strength is guard play. Guards win in the NCAA tournament, especially big physical guards that can create. Yep. All right, let's talk about the other game in that region. Iowa State was the another offensive rebound for TCU. Um, Iowa State was the 11th seed. Uh, they knocked off Wisconsin in one of the ugliest basketball games in the history of the sport, uh, but they awful. got it done. Johnny Davis um, did not look like himself. I feel very confident in saying that he was he's he is not whatever the, the injury was, the ankle, foot, whatever you want to call it. He was not the guy that he was earlier in the season from a health perspective. So um, unfortunate for for Wisconsin. I, I was you know, he was a guy that would have could have been a lot of fun. But what Iowa State. Sweeney was picked last by every single coach in the Big 12. Every single coach in the Big 12 picked them last in the conference. Uh, they ended up winning 19 games in the regular season. They went 7-11 and 11 in Big 12 play, and they are now in the Sweet 16. What, is, what, what, did, what did Otts do? What did TJ do to, to get this thing figured out? Well, I think he brought in a lot of guys who have a chip, right? I mean, this, this team understands – that it's not perfect, that it understands that it's not loaded with stars. It doesn't have egos. It has guys that go out there and work, right? I mean, those guys know, they know, knew that they were probably going to have to keep Wisconsin under 60 points to win the win today. Just like they knew they were going to probably have to keep LSU under 60 points. I mean, this there, there's no <laughs> secret to what Iowa State's doing. They're grinding teams out, and they're, they're hoping that one of their three really good guards can make big plays, right? And today it was Kalsher. It's been Brockington in the past. It was Hunter against LSU. Like they have three guards who can make plays, uh, and they've got guys who just buy into their role and they they grit and grind and, and, and just find ways to win. And you know, I, I give them a lot of credit. I mean, look, you know, I, I, a lot of these guys' journeys are just like unbelievable. I mean, look, you've got Caleb Grill on this team who has followed TJ Otzelberger to the depth of the universe. I mean, for every school in the world that TJ Otzelberger has been at, Caleb Grill said, I'd like to follow. You know, you've got Brockington, who's 
was originally committed to NJIT, then goes to St. Bonaventure, spends two years at Penn State, deals with the COVID stuff and a coach firing and winds up here. Like these are the unwanted misfits of college basketball. And here they are on the sweet scene. It's an awesome story. Well, there's a lot of guys that would love Isaiah Brockington right now. Goodness Absolutely. me. Like, wasn't he, he was a defensive guy at Penn State, right? Yep. Like, he was an all-league defender. I thought he did a terrific job today. He's just, just like you said, Sweeney, a bunch of tough dudes, chip on their shoulder. I'm going to stop you. I, I I had a feeling coming into the game that Brockington was going to feel like, hey, man, this is, a, this is a good chance for me to show that I can go up against one of the best perimeter players in the country and lock him down. And whatever, whatever injury that Johnny Davis does have, or however bad it is, you still got to go out there and do it. And I, and I thought there was going to be one of these, not a flu game per se, but Hey man, he's hurt. It's really bad. You find out it's bad later. And he still goes for 20 because he gutted it out. Isaiah Brockington wasn't having that nonsense. And like you said, tough bunch of physical dudes. Here's the incredible thing about Iowa state this season or or in this game, Tyrese Hunter and, and Brockington are like, they're two guys. And they were five for 25 and 0 for four from three. Like they, they were not good. They were not good. Tonight. They, they had uh, more turnovers than they did made field goals. And that's never a good combination of things to, to do. Gabe Kalsher all year long has been the guy, Sweeney, that we've been like, hey, you know what? If he ever finds a way to get it going, this Iowa State team might be kind of dangerous. He, he shot like 40% his freshman year from Minnesota. I remember watching Gabe because I did a big story on Trey Jones and Tyus Jones and that family at Peach Jam in 2000 and. 17 maybe and Gabe Kalsher was on the same uh same AAU team as them and I believe that uh that 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 Brad Davison came from that same the Howard Pulley the same program um and I remember watching those guys yeah all those guys that team was loaded man that team was so good uh but I remember Gabe Kalsher like just draining threes nonstop and I was like yo this kid is gonna be really good for Minnesota and he goes out and shoots 40 percent as a freshman and then like he just completely forgets how to shoot he starts putting up Rob Doster numbers from beyond the arc and uh it was nice to see him get it going because like when that kid that kid is playing well and making shots. He's a really, really dangerous uh, player. And that, that changed things for him. He took 19 shots today. He took 19 yeah. shots. He, he's had some he's And had it was cooking in the mid-range, too. It was all mid-range. Yeah, he's had some good games for them. If I, if I remember correctly, I think he exploded against Memphis earlier this season. Of course, I yeah. think everybody did. But, but they, they've got good <laughs> players. It's just a matter of, you know, you got to get one of them right. You got to probably score 65 points to win their next game. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it. We got Iowa State and we got Miami coming up. T.O., you are the hurricane whisperer. Talk to me I about am. this matchup. I am. The, the only thing that worries me is like all five guys or all three or four perimeter players are really going to have to guard because Miami has so many guys that can make it happen. Like, and they'll just pick on a guy. Like, it's almost like the NBA where Paul Pierce has a mismatch and you just stop what you're doing. And then they mm-hmm. just throw him the ball and let him go to work. That's kind of what Miami does now, obviously in a different effect, but at the same time, having so many different guys that can play make is the big issue. I, I have them winning. I have them winning. Now I, I, Iowa state, I understand the intrigue. The offensive firepower isn't where it is compared to uh, Miami. And the thing is, is you can scheme all you want. Knotts is going to scheme. He's going to scheme. Those Miami dudes are still going to be able to make shots. And I don't know that Iowa State's going to be able to make enough shots to keep up with Miami. It's so important for Iowa State all year to, to force turnovers. They're top five in the country and in, enforcing in, in turnovers. And again, a lot of that's because, look, they're so inefficient offensively that you have to take more shots to the opponents to win. 
And Miami's just been so good at taking care of the basketball this year. They're sixth in the country turnover rate. Like I think Iowa State's going to make them uncomfortable, but I I don't think that they can turn them over on 20% of their possessions. Like I just don't think they can get, get there. And if they can't, I I just don't know that Iowa State can score enough to win this game. So I I think Miami probably does it and finds a way to the eight, but it's a fun matchup because it's, it's defense and grit and grind versus, Offensive guards who just want to go create off the bounce and attack mismatch. All right, we we, we and, have to we have to pay the bills really quickly for one second. But Sweeney, I want to ask you this real quick before we keep it moving. You are going to be at the Final Four, right? Which yes, is the better story: the team that overcame all of the stuff that happened with the FBI investigation and the issues that that put on that program, um, or the guy that takes over a program that went zero and eighteen in the Big Twelve last year, gets him into the top twenty-five, gets him into the tournament, gets him into the Sweet Sixteen? Which is the better story? Better story is Iowa State, for sure. Two and twenty-two to the final to, to, to the Sweet Sixteen or the Final Four. That's a crazy story. To what do you think? Uh, I think there's some recency bias there. I think the first one you said because that that was such a hole to crawl out of, <laughs> and it was erroneous. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. That's a foul. Hey, well, hey, Rob. One more Kirk. thing. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. <laughs> one more thing he doesn't stop shooting uh, go ahead go ahead Tio. miami does not pass the ball very much either it's one of the lowest assist teams in the country or they were the lowest assist team in the acc for sure they don't pass the ball so there's not as many opportunities for turnovers getting out the passing lane and uh and getting out and creating some of those opportunities like sweeney was talking about yep all right listen we uh we, we're gonna we're gonna step away here for a second when we come back on the other side of this break, uh, maybe we're talking about the end of this Arizona TCU game that is absolutely insane. Maybe we're talking about Purdue rolling Texas. Maybe we're talking about Houston. You're going to have to come back and find out. We'll be back in a minute. Clear 90 seconds. See how I hope you're well. Oh, we got Kono. I didn't even realize Kono was here tonight. Um, wait, the, <laughs> I, did you did you watch that last possession? Kirk Reese took Kirk Reese missed three straight threes from the corner. <laughs> I was watching it like, yes, that is the most TO thing of that. That is why TO loves Kirk Reese. He got one blocked. It might have been a foul. He got it back, put it up, missed the offensive rebound, got it back again, put it up again. The live, yeah, the live, the live text in, in our big group chat of Eli Becker says, Okay, Kerr, that's enough, buddy. Carter says, Crease LMFA, Borzello. Time to rest the ankle, Kerr. <laughs> nah, Kerr's <laughs> no. keeping shooting, baby. No, nah, no, nah, you got to get him up. You got to get, if you're open, One you got to let it fly. No ma- hey, T.O., if you're, if you're, if you're a real shooter, right? No matter what happens, all you need is that first one, to, that, that next one to go in to be hot, right? Yeah, yeah, just one. But <laughs> I mean, he had all the opportunities in the world. You got to hit one out of three, especially if they're, Coming from offensive rebounds, that's the best time to shoot him too, because he's just sitting in your lap. It's target practice. 30. Yeah, this is this game has been an absolute war. What a, what a, what a fantastic basketball game this has been. Ben Matherin has been unbelievable. Is he he have he has like thirty right thirty, 30 even six exactly boards? yeah yeah and and Kerr is shooting one for ten. Yeah, get him up, get him up, love baby. Kerr. Feel- love Kerr. So sometimes when you play or when, when Arizona plays, or sometimes the best thing you can do is just throw seconds. it up there because they've got so many athletes. So I mean, yeah. I, it's hard to fault him too much. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go straight into Houston next. Houston and then Purdue, and then talk about Big Twelve or SEC more disappointing. Big Ten, sorry. <laughs> 
Field of 68 After Dark. We are live. Sirius XM Channel 84, the ESPNU station. We're live over on YouTube. If you are watching us there, jump in the chat, ask us some questions, hit that like button. We'll be answering them as soon as Arizona and TCU comes to an end. Rob Doster, Terrence Oglesby, Kevin Sweeney are here with me. Uh, let's start with Houston, guys. We're going to we'll, we'll talk about Arizona and TCU as soon as the game is finally over. But I want to start with Houston here in this part of the conversation because they went out and they punked Illinois. They absolutely punked them. Houston, Sweeney. They're missing their top two scores. It doesn't matter. The every it feels like no matter what happens, no ha- matter how many people get injured, they have another six foot five grinder, absolute junkyard dog, ready to come in and do all of the same things that the eighteen point per game score they just lost was doing before that. Look, I mean, Kelvin deserves all the credit in the world. I mean, I'll 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 push back on your your punked description, given that game was really really close for like thirty five minutes. But I mean, look. They deserve all the credit because that team just has guys who continue to step up. They have guys who are so bought into their roles. I mean, again, you hear that kind of talk all year, but you can't watch a team and see it more than you see it with Houston, just like an unbelievable trust and an unbelievable buy-in in what they do. And it mattered today because, look, I mean, Illinois, Illinois is a talented basketball team. They've got one of the best big men in the country, and they just schemed Kofi out of it in the first half and uh, ran Frazier off the line, ran Plummer off the line, and play, played a really, really complete basketball game. And their guards, their three guards, with Edward, Shed, and Moore, had tremendous games, and it was enough to, to carry the day for, for Houston to advance this week's scene. It's amazing to me watching Houston, how difficult they make everything. Oh. Like everything, everything looks like it. You cut through the lane, you're getting chucked. You you try to swing the ball, they got a hand out in the passing lane, and it was it was a terrible matchup for Illinois because El- Illinois thrives in their own chaos. And what I mean by that is really the only solid option they have on that team is Kofi Coburn. After that, it was like they they would sometimes make a great play and the ball would get loose and you hope that everybody gets in a scramble and then they end up with Alfonso Plummer shooting a three or uh, Andre Corbello getting in the lane and making some behind the back pass that very well may end up in the seventh row or very well well may (laughs) end up in a perfect spot in the corner for a dagger three. They rely on their own chaos. That's why Houston beat the crap out of them. (laughs) And I would say it, it, it got close for a little while. It didn't feel close watching it. And, and I agree with you, Sway. It just felt like they they were just a step ahead of everything. Illinois was just like – they were just hanging on for dear life. I mean, they yes, really that's were. Exa- and, that, and, and they're right. so good. I mean, again, you know, I, I thought the freshmen for Illinois, Melendez and Goody were tremendous. I mean, making yeah, Goody plays. was good. That, that dang technical on Melendez was a miscarriage of justice. It was awful, and it swung that game because that's a breakaway dunk to get at the four to keep you believing – and you get a technical when literally if he had gotten off the rim any earlier, he would have fallen Paul George to his leg. I mean, it was preposterous, that that call. Yeah. But, again, at the end of the day, Houston was the tougher basketball team, the more physical basketball team. You know, they punked Demonte Williams, a fifth-year senior who is regarded as one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten. You know, punked him all day. And at the end of the day, they're the deserving team to advance. I, I will say this. Illinois got hosed two years in a row seeding wise last year, they're the number one, their number one seed. They draw a top 10 Ken Palm team in loyal Chicago in the second round. 
This year, they're a number four seed. They draw the number two Ken Palm team in the country, Houston, in the second round. Like, again, like two years in a row, they got by far the best team based on quality metrics they could possibly play in their second round matchup. So before everyone starts doing the like, Brad Underwood's, you know, can't can't win in well, March, whatever. Let's, like, let's, let's just not, put not fair. Yeah. That's so let's, let's fair. talk about that because we we're going to have to talk about this Arizona TCU game in one second. I, I just I do want us to respond to that. Um, part of the reason why Houston was a five seed is because they lost their top two scores. And so everyone, when you look at it and you say, OK, they have these great computer numbers, but a lot of that is a result of what happened when they won some games and they were completely healthy, blah, 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 blah. They didn't do anything all that impressive in a conference play. Uh, they got beat by Memphis twice in AAC play, I believe. Um, they No one else in the American was any good. So maybe these numbers are just a fluke because they were both sort of like, I, I get why Houston was seated where they were seated. No, I get it too. I get it too. Nope, Same thing no, no, with Chicago. But yeah, but at some point, like you have to, we have to recognize that, okay, Houston, they're, they're, that was unfair to do to Illinois. But also at the same time, like, at some point, everybody's you can't playing have somebody's you, stuff. Yeah, you can't. You can't stuff. have every. If you're in the second round of the NCAA tournament, you are a very good basketball team. Whether you're a top five team on Campom or a top thirty five team on Campom, right? Are there people complaining about they had to say, "Oh yeah, you look how lucky we were to get Providence to draw Providence in the first round of the tournament"? Providence is a sub forty team on Kempom. So um, I, I look how lucky, look how I, lucky we are to play St. Peter's in the second round. Yeah. Like I, I get it. I trust me. I understand what you're saying. And I'm not, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want this to sound like I'm saying you're, you're an idiot because you're right. It was, it was a rough draw for them. Uh, I, I think that the committee sh- should, when they do this, like the, the biggest issue we always have every year is where people get seated. But at the end of the day, like you got to lace them up and go win a basketball game. And, they were not able to go out and win that basketball game. All the credit goes to, to Houston. All the credit goes to Kelvin Sampson. Culture, man. We talk about culture, 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 culture. That He has it. He's built it. He's developed it. Let's talk about Arizona, though. We got, we got to get into that because that was one of the wildest college basketball games I can ever remember seeing. T.O., when you – if a team gets tested like this, like we've seen it a couple times with top seeds, Gonzaga last night, Arizona tonight, uh, Duke – today um what is that a good thing for them moving forward to be able to to get punched in the mouth and to survive and keep it moving because that game right there it's tcu than the alternative tcu tcu could have should have maybe maybe would have won that game of a couple things but a different way yeah i mean uh, but the great teams figure ways out like to kind of combat the point we're talking about illinois like if you were as good as a lot of people thought you were you would have figured it out and arizona figured it out tonight obviously a couple of bad bounces uh, go a different way to TCU and then you're living. But at the same time, this Arizona team, kudos to Kirk Creasa coming out and playing, didn't play great, but he got out there, he played, he gave his guys a lift. Uh, it, it's just, it's better than the alternative. Like I said, like, would you rather play beautifully like Memphis and lose, or would you, you know, rather grit one out and keep moving forward? Arizona, I don't really put any stock into it because now you got five days off until the next game. You're going to see completely different teams coming up next week. Like St. Peter's, if they would have played tomorrow as opposed to next, like, what is it, Thursday or Friday? I'm not, I'm not sure Friday, the schedule. Yeah. Like, I think St. Peter's would might be able to have a chance for winning another game. But since they're waiting four or five days and they're going to get scouted and all that stuff, it might be a little bit more difficult. Look, I, I think – Arizona grew in this performance today. And I think we learned a lot about them because they haven't been in a lot of games like this. They haven't yeah. had to 
you know, come back. They haven't, you know, had their back against the wall. And I, I just felt like they had a response. And, and in particular, I mean, their two guys, Matherin and Coloco, you know, mm-hmm. really, really stepped up. I mean, everyone's going to talk about Coloco going for 28 and 12 and shooting 12 to 13. And like, that's justified and whatever. But holy cow, he, the play, play of the game for him was the defensive play he made in the final 10 seconds of regulation when Bingo. they blitz the ball screen, he moves his feet on the perimeter. That's why he's so good. That's why Arizona is so good. That's why I yep. draft him potentially in the first round. I mean, his ability defensively has changed this team. He blocks shots. He moves his feet on the perimeter. He is a monster and he is the reason they're as good as they are. So, uh, you know, I, I just thought that for him and Matherin to step up the way that they did in the brightest you know, lights and the biggest moment, what was critical for this team. Look, are they going to win the national championship? If Kirk Reese issues one for 10 from the field. Probably not like, like that's the reality, but you know, they live to fight another day. Despite that, uh, you know, they live to fight a f- you know, another week for Kirk Reese's ankle to get a little healthier because no, it better be healthy. Cause Houston's oof. <laughs> that's going to be interesting. They, Go they're going to scramble. Yeah. They're going to scramble. Yeah. So no, I mean, you let's fight another week. And uh, when you have three players as good as Tabellis, Coloco and Matherin, you got a shot. Yeah, that that Arizona Houston game is going to be so much fun. That might honestly, that that's that's going to be the biggest and best game of the Sweet Sixteen, I think. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in in a second. But um, that that might be the best for me, the most intriguing game of the tournament to date. Say Memphis, Memphis Gonzaga is is up there. But is that is that am I saying too much there? Am I going too all in on that? I think I thought Memphis Gonzaga was such a cool matchup going into the game because it was they, they kind of fit each other perfectly for what each team's weakness was right like so I, I would venture to say that that's probably the best one so far that Arizona Houston is going to be awesome it's going to be a great game but as far as anticipation uh Houston's really good but that that Gonzaga I I, I this might just be me personally that Gonzaga Memphis game I was really intrigued by Sweeney Man, I mean, I'm I'm as excited for that one as I am any ball game this March. I mean, I look as someone who couldn't have been more juiced up for Murray State versus San Francisco, and that game lived up to all the hype. I think, you know, this game, you know, it, it's very different stylistically, but it's very similar in that I'm just so intrigued by the coaching chess match, right? I mean, the way that Kelvin Sampson is going to you know, blitz Arizona and force the ball out of Coloco's hands and trap in corners and, and do so many different things to make Arizona uncomfortable and take them out of their rhythm. And then what Tommy, Tommy Lloyd's adjustments are going to be on the offensive end. He's one of the sharpest, you know, offensive minds in the country. They run really, really good stuff. How is he going to get Matherin downhill? How is he going to get to Bellis involved? How are they going to be able to run and, and control tempo? I mean, to me, that game is is the game of the Sweet 16 for sure. I mean, you can look ahead and, you you know, you can look ahead to potentially you know, Gonzaga Duke and get excited about that. You know, I think Duke-Texas Tech is going to be a whale of a ball yeah. game. I cannot wait for that one. But if you're making – if you said, look, you can only watch one game for the entire Sweet 16, I'm taking Houston-Arizona, and I'm going to enjoy all two and a half hours of it because I guarantee that thing's going to be physical and that thing's going to take a while. That's you know what's – you know what's, you know what's amazing about Tommy Lloyd? He is 
so good at scheming ways to lift the defense and create backdoor cuts and lift the defense and create space for some of his drivers. When he's playing two seven footers that aren't going to do anything outside of like five feet from the basket, he could put Umar Balo. Is it Umar or Omar? Umar, I believe. Oh, yeah. Umar Balo and Christian Coloco out there together. And he's still finding ways to get guys getting to the rim in space, getting to the getting getting downhill, turning a corner um, with a driving lane. It's 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 a delight to watch uh, watch them run offense. And one last note, TCU, man, what a performance. I I, I would love to be able to. That, that's the hardest part of the NCAA tournament for me is to go out there and see a team like TCU play as hard as they did, play their balls off, nuts hanging dang it, play their nuts off um, and and find a way to to take a number one seat to the brink. And then it's just over. So, you know, it's just, it's over I, like that. It, it, yep. it sucks. Yeah. It's tough. It was almost like watching Connecticut really battle New Mexico state and then them just get smacked in the mouth and sent home. It was, it was nothing like that at all. <laughs> it was just, nothing. It was nothing salt. like that. Teddy that Allen, good. Teddy Allen owns the entire state right now. He is the he king does. of stores. He T- does. Well, TCU's going to be back. TCU's going to be back though. Yeah, they are. Lampkins, Lampkins, a, a redshirt freshman. He has been awesome. I think he's, Mike Miles will come back. He's enormous. I, I love watching him because he just kind of waddles where he wants to go <laughs> and no one can do anything about it. He just gets in front of the rim and, and, and hoovers up every rebound that is within five feet of him. It's I love that guy. And and he's sell, like him. Him and Kirk Carissa should have like a selly off. Like who's got the best celebrations out of those two? Listen, I love that we gotta guy, we, we gotta pay the bills here. When we come back, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about Purdue. We're gonna talk about Villanova and Ohio State, and we're gonna take a look ahead at the Sweet Sixteen. Ninety seconds, man. Dude, my, what my what, favorite game? What a, I love this Duke. I love this Duke Texas Tech game. Yeah, I just that's gonna love be awesome. That game so but, much. Let me ask you guys this: Was where does where does this game rank in terms of best games of the tournament so far? Because I I think this is number one. You know why? It was a, a really well played game. Because you had no, money on it. Well, I mean that hell. I actually didn't win my bets. Thanks, fucking Bush, Mushy Bush over here. <laughs> you um, got the live money line. I got they the live that. money line, but I still lost some. I lost money on the on, on the other spread that I had six and a half. There's been so uh, many but, good games. So I can't. But even. here's why I think this is the best. One, you had some. Re- ridiculous big shot making two you had an underdog come back in a in a uh, what was a road environment three you had the the what could have been like one of the iconic plays in ncaa tournament history not happen and not count because it came a split second too late you had matherin's dunk you had coloco's dunk you had all of the putbacks you had the big shots that mike miles you had the to me that was the best game of the tournament so far yeah, you, you got to, what, what are the other for Sports Illustrated for, for Sports Illustrated? You got to do like a one through however many games there were, just rank the games. Sounds yeah. like fun. It sounds like a good end of tournament project for me. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. it. I'd read what it. else is up there. You got the Rutgers uh Notre Dame game, mm-hmm. you've got the San Francisco game, you've got the Kentucky upset just because of the kind of you know importance of it. Ten? North Carolina Baylor, North Carolina Baylor, North, Carolina. Really it, I, it, North that's the one that's in conversation. Was that Dagan? The field of 68 after dark. We're live at Sirius XM, channel 84, the ESPN news station. We are streaming over on YouTube. If you're watching there, hit that like button. 
jump in the chat, ask us some questions. We are going to be going to the afters here in about 10 minutes. Uh, it's been it's been a wild night, guys, an absolutely wild night. We just watched this thriller between Arizona and TCU. Arizona is going to advance, so the Sweet 16 is set. Uh, the only games we haven't really talked about, Purdue, they beat up on Texas. Uh, Villanova beat up on Ohio State. That's relevant because Ohio State lost. The only team from the Big Ten that won today was Purdue. They avoided the uh, the infamy of being the only conference in the history of the NCAA tournament to have five teams lose uh, at this in, in, on the same day. Uh, Big Ten, two teams make it to the Sweet 16. We have 11 seed Michigan and three seed Purdue. The SEC, we thought they had four of the top 10 teams in the country. Kentucky's down, gone. Tennessee is gone. Arkansas is made to the Sweet 16 and uh, Auburn lost today. So, Sweeney, I'm putting you on the spot here. Which conference was the bigger fraud, the SEC or the Big Ten? You know, I, I think the Big Ten probably because I I think the losses at the top for the – I still believe that the SEC had elite teams this year. Like, I, I really do. I think Kentucky – Kentucky was never the Kentucky of February 1st again. Auburn was never the Auburn of January 20th again. But those teams at their peaks were really unbelievably good basketball teams. And look, I, I think Tennessee had a real chance to beat Michigan. You know, they were right there in that game. It was a real true 50-50 game. They just didn't quite make enough shots. And they go home. There were four really outstanding Can I, teams. I want to I I I say one thing real quick on that. Go ahead. The, this whole Rick Barnes can't win in March narrative is, has been popping up again. Tennessee shot two for 17 yeah. on threes. And I would say that probably 12 of those 17 threes were what you would classify as good looks. Absolutely. I was, I was courtside. I mean, they were, they were great shots. They just didn't make them. Um, they, there were four elite teams. Yes. This year. They didn't perform the big 10. I think it was pretty clear to me before that there weren't elite teams in this league. And Illinois proved it by looking a little bit overmatched by Houston. Iowa proved it by losing to, you know, Richmond. Um, I mean, like, it, it was a bad tournament for the Big Ten. It was again. I mean, I, I'm a Big Ten guy. I think the league is fun to watch. I think the talent level has gotten better and better. But at some point, you got to win these games. And, and the Big mm-hmm. Ten has had 50-50 games in this tournament, and they have lost a lot. Of them. And they had 50-50 games in last year's tournament. They lost a lot of them. T.O., the Big Ten is the only conference in the country, regardless of the level, the only league in basketball in in the United States of America where it's normal to play two big guys and centers that can't play out on the perimeter. Do they need to modernize? That's what I was going to get to. Hold on. Big, what? Go ahead. I, I don't you? think that that's like actively true. No, 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 Sweeney. Like, let like, I, can we, can Sweeney, we don't, don't come at Doster with facts. Don't come. No, at, don't, no, don't, no, don't, no, no, no. I mean, we're going to no. go through here and, and just like go through all the big 10 teams that just don't play two true bigs or like at least play like a four. You shoot. No, well, here, go ahead. Here, go ahead. Here's, go ahead here's, here's my thing, Sweeney. And I, I think in order to win in the big 10, it's not necessarily conducive to win in the NCAA tournament because you have to play a certain type of style to win in the big 10, which in the NCAA tournament, you have to space it out a little bit more. You got to be faster and you got to be physical. Now the physical part, they've got covered, but the aircraft carriers that a lot of these teams have, the really good teams have, they don't match up well with opposing teams, right? Like the Kofi Coburn's like it, like it's tough. And the sec has been more disappointing for me because 
they fit that billing so well and they just weren't able to get it done. I think there's kind of a built-in excuse with the Big Ten, in my opinion, because it's a lot less of an athletic league. It's not a very athletic league when you look at it compared to the other power six. The SEC let, fits let me let me sum let me sum this let me sum this up for you, TO. The no, Big Ten, the Big Ten is fraudulent. The SEC disappointing. The SEC should have done better than they did. Right. They should is that have. fair to say? I, I don't know that fraudulent's the right word. I, I think that we know what the Big Ten is, so I'm not sure they're frauding, defrauding anybody. But my thing is, is the SEC fit the billing of where I thought oh, they could have let, won a lot again, of games. Again, I'm sorry to correct you. The Big Ten is what you and I thought they were. It's not what Kevin Sweeney noted Big Ten Homer thought that they were. Noted is that Big fair, is that, is that I, fair ne- to say? I've never, I've never, never carried water that the league is going to get. A final fourteen this year. I never thought that. I, I never thought there was until I saw the bracket. And I said, "Holy shit!" I always got the easiest draw. And hey, then you know I what? You know, you know what's funny? No, but not athletic. But not athletic. So like you know when what? they weren't hitting shots, they they couldn't move. I mean, forward. Iowa has like that's Ke- where the Keegan Murray and Chris Murray and Joe Toussaint and Tony Perkins like they're not unathletic. Yeah, but they're not usually playing them all together. No, they don't play. They don't play. They don't play. They don't play. They don't play any defense. You know what's funny about that though, Sweeney? Purdue. They got to be the favorite, like the overwhelming favorite to make it to the final four out of the East region at this point, right? I don't know if I'd say overwhelming because I think UCLA is quite good. Yeah. But they, they, I mean, UCLA like, just got bored with the regular season. I was like, can we please get to the tournament to be great? <laughs> I mean, Purdue, Purdue, though, getting St. Peter. I mean, look, all respect to St. Peter's, all respect to Shaw. They've done an unbelievable job. That said, they're going to get waxed. Like, they're going to get waxed by, by Purdue. I. <laughs> How, See, how do they hang? How do they hang? They play six foot seven skinny bigs. They're, how do they hang? I don't you, care what do you, you know, scheme up. Jimmy's who is, who's who's uh, who's Kentucky's five man? Six foot nine inch Oscar Sheepway. And what was he this year? What was he? What, 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 do you what, what was he? What was he? Player of the year. I mean, I yeah, he was. He was a national jer- player of the some, year. I feel some Jersey what, Homer. What, what, what was? Right what now. was? What was? What was? What was Sheway's line in in the St. Peter's game? He had thirty and sixteen. Thirty and sixteen. Okay, so when the national player of the year goes for thirty and sixteen, and you can still beat a team in Kentucky that I think all of us would agree was probably better than Purdue this year, then why can't you beat Purdue too? Because stylistically, the game is completely different. The, the way that this game is going to be played, I mean, look, I would like nothing more than to watch St. Peter's win that game. I just like, I, I don't know how they match up. I don't know how they stay in front of Ivy. You know, it, Purdue's going to be much more happy to play this game in the half court than Kentucky was. Kentucky could never get Wheeler getting, getting downhill. Purdue has shooters who are going to make it difficult because, you know, St. Peter's, their biggest defensive principle is pack the paint, pack the paint. And what happens when Purdue shooters get going? Like, like whatever, whatever the number is, I'll bet Purdue. Like, okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. And then if you're, if it looks like you're getting a win, then I'm going to make sure to jump in there and say, hey, lock it up. Purdue's got this thing locked up. Mush your ass a little bit. Uh, listen, we got about, <laughs> we got about 45 seconds here. Uh, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before 45 seconds, people want an apology from you to me about saying that Miami was not going to win. It, it happened in the chat, and I just want it. Did I say that? That's what that person in the chat said. I can't remember, but he said I, it, so I need it. I, I didn't think it was crazy. RC was the one that went, oh, come on, man. And dude, RC just has this look of, like, you're just stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, this has been this has been the field of 68 after dark. This was fun. We got to watch along. We got to sweat out a uh, an Arizona win here. It's been a wild 
wild second weekend of the or first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Sweet 16 is set. We will see you guys again tomorrow night, 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Awesome. You guys are all clear. All right. Great show, guys. Uh, chat. You got any questions for us? We can get Thanks this thing ahead. started now. They just want an apology. This. That's all they want. I, I want an Apolo- apo- I want an apology from Sweeney too for this the slander on future Seton Hall head coach Shaheen Holloway. <laughs> Down in the peak. Running shot. He's coach the game for Seton Hall. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let me go back in the chat and find some questions. You guys can talk about yourselves. You can still give your apology or get your apology to you if you want. Yeah, I want to. I, before we do that, I want to ask you guys this. Um, let, we I got a little bit of a look ahead here for the Sweet Sixteen. So, you see how you deflected? Yeah. Yes. No, the field. That was, I'm a, not, that was a pro there, move. That was a pro there's move. No way, there's no way that I'm apologizing for for saying that I thought that Auburn can get to the Sweet Sixteen. There's no. I'm not apologizing. I did nothing on that show. You can go find me the clip and show me what I need. No, what, no, what, what I was got, a, I got what was apolog- I need, Here's what you need to apologize for, hmm. Kyle Cooper. We need an apology from Rob for saying. Auburn or Auburn, Purdue will lose in the first weekend. You did say that. I yeah, I miss on that. that. Yeah, they. I I literally said it a hundred times. Like I, I would I would as all as all it is you can get on Purdue losing in the first weekend. Uh, I that that was me, and uh, I look kind of dumb now, huh? That didn't work out too well because Purdue decided to start playing a little bit of defense. All right. Um. Uh. Someone just said the early line is Purdue minus twelve and a half. Yeah, hammer. I mean, unload. Purdue is winning that game by 20. All right. Let's what uh, let's, all these mid majors this year. Like, look at the bye games that they played. Unload. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, Sweeney. All right. Here are the matchups for the Sweet 16. We have Gonzaga playing Arkansas and Texas Tech playing Duke in the West. We have love North it, Carolina playing UCLA and Purdue playing St. Mary's in the East in Philadelphia. That is where I'm going to be. Uh, I got the, oh, I got the, whoa, 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 St. Mary's, Purdue playing St. Mary's. Oh, St. Peter's. I haven't gotten oh. that right once. I, I've, I've messed up St. Peter's name every single time I've had to say over the course of the last week. Uh, that's just, we that's have, just going to fuel <laughs> Shaheen's fire. That's it's it's going to fuel do. his fire. We have Arizona playing Houston. Uh, we have Michigan playing Villanova. We have Kansas facing game. off with Providence. And we have uh, Iowa State playing Miami. All right, so let me ask you guys this. What is the, what is the one matchup that you are the most excited for? I'm going to you first on this one, T.O. I'm excited for all of them, but a, a, an intriguing matchup is <laughs> Villanova. Yeah, dude, obviously, of course. I'm a, a huge deflector. Uh, Michigan Villanova is going to be interesting because what does Villanova not have? Really the size to get after Hunter Dickinson. They're going to have to do something. And if Michigan hits shots, it could be a tough matchup. Do I think they're going to beat Villanova? Absolutely not. But it's still going to be interesting to see how they attack Ten- that. Tennessee so that, got that some good mine. switches on, t- on Dickinson. And just, I mean, took them to the woodshed in space. I mean, just killed them. But yep. Hunter at 27 was really good, and that was enough. I, mean, I can't wait. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but, I mean, Houston, Arizona, it's just going to be a tremendous basketball game. Like, the competitive mm-hmm. competition level, the athleticism, the coaching, the X's and O battle. I mean, you signed me all the way up. I, I can't wait for it. Dude, Kansas-Providence is going to be a good matchup, too. Manaya on Agbaji. Oh, yeah. Like, if, like look, I, I think – I think Providence matches up so well with this Kansas team. They One, do. Nate Watson is not going to get pushed around by, by David McCormick. One of the mm-hmm. – it's it's an underrated part of what Kansas does, but David McCormick is the best offensive rebounder in the country. When he's on the floor, he hoovers up like 20% of the available offensive rebounds. 
Uh, Nate Watson is not a great rebounder, but he's also big enough where he ain't getting pushed around by David McCormick. That's mm. going to help. Justin Manaya will be able to chase Oshai Baji around all of those screens. Uh, mm. They have their Providence has enough old dudes that are tough and physical to make it problematic for um, Bill Self to be able to, to get his guards to run, run the stuff that they want him to run. They can play small and have someone chase around Jalen uh, Jalen Wilson because Noah Horkler, we talked about the steal, can move his feet a little bit on the perimeter. Yeah, um, he's shockingly good. Yeah, and the biggest thing is Ed Cooley is one of these guys that has all of these random tricks up his sleeve that he could pull out in big game situations like this and just kind of completely wreak havoc on someone because it's something that you don't expect. He'll he'll randomly throw out there like a one three one zone that you've never seen before. Uh, when he was when it was uh, UConn, they switched everything in the game that they played against UConn because Adama Sanogo was out there. So they, they they had times where it was Nate Watson, Garden, RJ Cole. They just didn't let UConn run any of their stuff. And UConn, I think they scored thirty two points in the first thirty six minutes of that game. Um, he he has he has tricks up his sleeve. So I am very very intrigued by that game. Uh, the place I want to be though is I want to be in San Francisco. I wish I could could not go to Philly and just fly out to San you, Francisco you instead. See, you don't want to see my beautiful mug in Philly, Doster? No, that's that's the number one reason why I don't want to be in Philadelphia. Um, but no, but think about it. Like Gonzaga, Arkansas, and then Texas Tech, Duke. Oh, that that's oh, man. Those are two big time Sweet Sixteen games, and it doesn't matter who advances. You're going to have a big time Elite Eight matchup. I think that's a place you want to be this weekend. No. No, I think you're right. I mean, you've got the storyline with Duke. You've got the coaching across. You know, all, all four coaches are tremendous. The fan bases are going to be a lot of fun. And man, oh man, it's going to be. I think it's mm-hmm. important. I think it's important to realize that my mother thinks that Purdue is going to the Final Four easily. She, so I mean, my, she might. Mama, she oh, might be right. Sad, but she's texting she me right, right now. She's like, Purdue in the Final Four. Just go ahead and write that in Sharpie. Well, Doster so thinks St. Peter's is going to beat him, so I don't know how to how, how to square that. So it's not what I said. St. Peter's is going to beat him. Right. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll say it. Dagan. There he is. <laughs> nuts, nuts, hanging Dagan. Because because, uh, because let's be honest, I don't I don't hold any weight in this world. So if I get it wrong, nobody really cares. <laughs> no, the so chat was. I'm going to send the Twitter trolls after Dagan. <laughs> you would have had all. You would have had the entire state of Arizona after you, Sweeney, if they would have lost today. Oh man, well, Doster would have killed me. I mean, I would have, oh, yeah. I, I, I think the checks would stop coming in. It would have been bad. Yeah. Well, we got we got any other questions? Anything like that? Uh, no, I, I want to keep going on some of the Sweet Sixteen stuff before we get. Doster's to, just to taking just, over tonight. He's just to, to just to just the chat question, uh, chat questions. The dictatorship um, around here. Yeah, he's just. Doing <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> so I want to know. I want to know um, who is like the, the most important player right now. I know I'm putting you on the spot and you haven't really had a chance to think about it, but Sweeney, who is the, the guy that you think is going to be, um, it doesn't matter which region, one guy that you think is going to be the biggest X factor here kind of moving forward in terms of who can get to a final four, if that team can end up winning a national title. Uh, you got anything good? You know, I think Jaime Hawkins is like, the difference for this UCLA team. Like if, if they're going to get back to the final four, if they're going to have a chance to go win a championship, it's, it's him. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's having another guy beyond Juzang making shots, you know, and he's been so good the last you know month really since he got finally healthy for the first time all year, he's had issues with you know both ankles. He's been banged up. They have the COVID issues. Like when Hawkins has played well, and now he's, 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 he's had 15 or more now in, 
you count these one, two, three, four, five, six straight game or eight straight games, excuse me, uh, that he's had 15 or more points. He had, you know, a really nice game against Akron that they really needed when Akron pushed him. Like to me, for, for this team to get past the Carolina team that's playing great basketball, it's going to require Hawkes, you know, explaining some mismatches against Manic. And then to get past Purdue, it's going to require Hawkes gang rebounding and getting getting dirty and then exploiting you know on the perimeter i mean he, he is going to have a huge weekend ahead in philadelphia for, for this team to get back to the final four and if once they get there i mean they have the experience to to go win this whole thing Tio, i'm going to say with that game that ucla carolina game rj davis has really grown over the past gosh month like, he has been really good. I, I was hard on Carolina earlier this year. I am high on Carolina right now. I think they, they're going to beat UCLA because the way that R.J. Davis is playing, he's controlling the tempo. That matchup between him and Tiger Campbell, we talk about Colin Gillespie being the best point guard in the country. Those two, and when R.J. Davis has started to play better over the last month, that guy's been a top six, seven point guard in the country over the past said, month, not since the beginning. I, I said not this last night. I said this last night, T.O., if R.J. Davis comes back to school next year to North Carolina, there's a, a, a very real chance that he is one of the faces of college basketball. Absolutely I don't think it's right. With, with the, the amount of importance that a North Carolina port, uh, point guard has and as good as he's been, he, he, he's, he's just he's gotten stud. comfortable. And, and it's, it's wild because, like, when Caleb Love's out of the game, you can see he just flourishes. Like Caleb Love got in foul trouble yesterday. He was just exploding off the ball screens, and he was getting downhill. If he's knocking down shots, forget it. You can't guard him because he's so fast with the ball in his hands. Like mm-hmm. if if he's able to get downhill against some of UCLA stuff, that's going to be a fun matchup because Mick Cronin could coach it. Hubert Davis has gotten his guys to play tough, but he, he's running a lot of the same stuff that Roy did. But it's like uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great matchup. R.J. Davis, in my opinion, is going to be massive for them moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, um, I the, the obvious answer to me is Kirk Creasa, right? Mm-hmm. Like how healthy is he, how effective he's going to be, but it feels like a little bit of a, a, a cop-out saying that. Um, to me, the, the biggest thing in the West region is going to end up being, I think whoever wins that Providence-Kansas game is going to make it to a Final Four, and I think that has significantly more to do with the coach than it does with uh, any of the players out there. You guys kind of covered the UCLA-UNC game. Um, so I'm going to go So you with think Providence the, is going to the Final Four if they win this next game? That's big. I, mean, I don't think Iowa State or Miami's beating them. Miami, like the, here, Miami the, could. Miami yeah, right, could. I've, Providence- been, I've been a Providence rider all year. Miami could beat them. The, the thing about Miami is their, their, their cards are just so fucking good. Right. Yeah. They're at, at, when it comes, when it comes to, to nut cutting time, they have three guys that you can give the ball to and go make a play. And I don't, uh, uh, when UConn won their title in 2014, right. They had two guys that you just gave the ball to, and you know, you were going to get something good out of it. And they found a way to get a national title out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah. of, that's kind of what this Miami team is. When you need to go win a basketball game, they have three dudes that can go win you a basketball game. They're all old. They're all tough as hell. And they all have something to prove based off of what's happened with Miami. So, but I, I'm going to say, who did you compare say, him to? Who did you compare him to just now? Cause I was half listening. Sorry. Uh, two, <laughs> 2004, 2014 UConn. 
Yeah, yeah. Was perfect. Shabazz, yeah, like was Shabazz that, that team guarded though. That team guarded. Miami just hasn't yeah. guarded. Like they, they, there's no the his like the history is just so not on a team who outside the top 100 can bomb defense side. Like the history is so bad, so negative to to get to the final four. Like it's and no, again, the matchups yeah. have helped, but like I still just like I don't S- see them winning S- two more. Sweeney, Sweeney, I I 100 percent agree. I also will say that this team to me is built a little bit differently than most of the other teams that are outside the top two top 100 because they are so good at forcing turnovers, right? Like I, I, I know I'm talking out of like the, the chat is saying this. I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm saying Purdue's not good enough to make a final four because they don't guard and Miami is worse defensively by the metrics. And I'm saying that they can sit here and make a run. Um, but I think that they, since they have something that they can do defensively, that can make them very, very good where they just force a whole bunch of turnovers. I, is that am I making sense? Does that it's making sense no, in my head? But I'll, but I I have their defense is is worse than Purdue's, but their defense has like a thing that they could do in a game that individually mm-hmm. would make them better for the day than Purdue's defense. Yeah, and that's so good. because of that, that's they perfect. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. You 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 uh, you verbalize that a lot better than I am right now because my mind is not. Well, I'm not. I'm not functioning at the highest of capacities at this point. But none of us I, are. I'm, tr- none of us I'm are. trying. To, I'm trying to say the the most important player, and I'm going to go with Kevin McCullough. He is the. He's to me. He's the the X factor guy on Texas Tech. Right. You already had he's a guy. The, you get two guys. Yeah. Oh, who was my other guy? He took over the show. To he's just doing. Who was the other guy? No. No, I said Kirk Carissa, but that's a cop out because it's just saying whether or not he's healthy. So I wanted to go with somebody that was actually healthy instead of just saying, yeah, whether if, if this guy's ankle is good, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It makes no. sense. I mean, whatever. it's cheating, but sure. Kev, it's, your, I, I, it's, it's your company. It's your company. <laughs> I, can, I, I can do whatever I want. I, I've, I've, I've reached the point in the show where I know that I'm rambling. And I know that I'm just spewing bullshit. So now we got to move on to say something else. All right. Uh, give me. Let's, let me ask you guys this, then we'll go to chat questions, Dagan. I want to know who your player of the first weekend was. Who was your MVP for the first weekend? Um, I will I'll go first on this one. Uh, so while you guys give you a chance, give you guys a chance to think because I already thought about it a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna go with Isaiah Wong, 22 points in the first round, 21 points in the second round. Um, was the kind of go-to guy, absolute stud, played great Sweeney. Who was your MVP? Oof, that's hard. I think I think I'll take RJ Davis. I know he didn't shoot the ball well in the first game, but he had 12 <laughs> assists and one turnover against Marquette and, and ran that team. And he proved that he can he can do it for them as as a floor general. And then he turned around against Baylor and proved that he could do it as a score and 30 points in a huge upset win. So uh, give give me RJ Davis. To sitting here like fuck these guys. They just took my two MVPs. <laughs> nope, we nope, got. My main man, Dougie Fresh, Dougie Doug Edders, <laughs> went berserko. And whenever they needed a big shot, my man Dougie Doug got busy. Nuts, and that hang, nuts hanging digging. He got he got busy. <laughs> Dougie Doug knocking down big shots and big moments both games. And the best mustache. I'm, I, he's got a better mustache. He may be my hero because it's got it's got it's it doesn't fully reach his nose yet. So it's like he's got half an inch in between nose and where the mustache ends. So I was I was saying fan. this I was saying this to my uh, to, to to my mom actually earlier. I said, 
you know, it, it's it's rough for Doug Eddard that like in 20 years, he's going to tell all these like March Madness stories. People are going to be like, oh, do you have pictures? Do you have videos? And he's going to like pull them out. And people, everyone's first reaction like, what, do you, what were you doing with the mustache, man? What were you doing with the mustache? <laughs> I will say this about the mustache. I did say in the chat earlier, somebody asked how the light count was doing. I did say if we hit, there are 549 people. At the time I said this, it was over 600. If we get 400 likes on this video, I will rock the Doug Eater mustache for the final four. If we can get up to, up to that. I oh, we got... I gotta Let's figure out that. a way to get this done. I mean, <laughs> can I buy likes? Like, how does this work? Because we need. Let's so get to we're, we're, you we're at one ninety one right now. Let's get to four hundred guys and and uh, and it's, wait, so it's the Doug Eater mustache. It's not the Drew Timmy mustache. Well, I mean, I, I I can't really. It depends. We'll have to see. <laughs> it, it depends on how it's going to look. It'll be it'll be just a mustache, but I'll try to get it to Doug Eater level as I can. I just yeah. think it's funny. Like, I I, I can completely see. Eddard being 45 years old and then them looking back at that picture and they were like, what were you doing with that mustache? He was just, I was just too busy in these streets being awesome. That was it. <laughs> and he's just so cool. I All like right. Let's, mustache. uh, we got, we got some questions. Dagan, we got anything good yes, in the chat? Do. Ken Palm, uh, as, uh, Ken Palm is a fraud. You kind of already did impact players. So I just want you to guys give your, your, uh, you know, new picks. Now that we kind of see this play out your second chance at making everything right. Who's coming out of each region. And then just give me at that point, you might as well just give me who's winning it all. Yeah. Tio, you go first. Uh, I'm sorry. He rambles. What, what exactly? Do just you give want me. There? So basically just re, <laughs> repick, repick your, your final fours and new final champion. four picks. Yeah. Okay. Let me pull up my, my bracket here. Uh, it's your second chance to make everything right. Tio get him hundred percent. Correct. From here on out. Uh, that's a. <laughs> all right. So. I'll just go up to the top. I want to go Texas Tech still. Texas Tech. Villanova instead of Arizona. So Texas Tech, Villanova. (laughs) And then Kansas. Gosh, Purdue. Kansas, Purdue. That did not feel good. No part of that felt good. <laughs> we can we can tell we can tell. Yeah, no part of that felt good. Man, it was like watching a root canal live on a live on the Yeah, air. I'll take Gonzaga, Villanova, Kansas, and um, UCLA. So, I, I like the Gonzaga call. I think that Tech beats Stute, and I think Gonzaga gets past Arkansas, and I'll take Gonzaga to get to the final four. I like Villanova still. I think that they're gonna they're gonna get by Michigan, um, and they'll beat whoever. They end up playing uh, in the in the elite eight. There, um, I'm going to go with Providence getting to the final four. I think that they find a way to upset Kansas. I think that Ooh. they beat whoever they end up playing. I just it, it feels it, it feels it feels like this is team of it, like a team of destiny. Team. Yeah, it just feels like the team of destiny. So I think we're going to see Providence in the final four, uh, and I'm also going to go with Purdue getting to the final four. I just I think North Carolina beats UCLA, but I cannot North. A lot of what North Carolina does matches up really well with what uh, Purdue wants to do. So I think Purdue is going to get to the final four. Then I have Gonzaga beating Villanova in the, uh, in the final four. And I think Gonzaga is going to end up cutting down the nets at this point. What do you guys have? I also have Gonzaga winning it all beating, uh, beating Kansas. Yeah, I got no clue. 
<laughs> T.O. forgot who his final four well, is you're already. Paying the big bucks for it right there. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what you get. <laughs> uh, let's go. Gosh, it just uh, Kentucky just completely screwed me so bad. Um, I think Arizona, but now I already picked Villanova over Arizona. Now, now I'm conflicted. So let's go uh, Villanova and Purdue in the finals. Give me Purdue. Wow. How about that? Yeah. T-t- still, it still looks like it hurts. Are, it you, are, you, are you okay over there? You get some like, okay. heartburn from this. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to watch. Doesn't feel good. Rob, the chat good. is very, very happy you picked Providence. They said Teddy on broke you. Who? Teddy on broke you. Yeah, he did. He did. I am. I am a broken man. I am. There's nothing about me that 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 is what I used to be. I'm gone. (laughs) Turn to the dark side. Go Friars. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, give us another question. Uh, Let's see. Um, I got to go back through all the all the final four picks. Um, there was one earlier we already answered who comes out of the South. We already answered that. We just did that. Um, but man, man for man, Providence does match up well. Like mm-hmm. if you if you go down and you look at each mm-hmm. each place, like McCormick Watson, Horkler Wilson, uh, Manaya Abaji, Brown Durham, like it it really Reeves. The, like, the thing is, like the, the thing is, the thing the thing with it is to. Like every every Kansas player is is the better. Like if you lined them up, you would be like, yeah, I'll take the Kansas guy over the Providence guy at every I, single I would, spot. I wouldn't take David McCormick over. Okay, Nabal. yeah, that's the one. But for so four of them, you would take the the Kansas. Kansas has better players at almost every position. But I don't Providence know. matches I, I don't up know really that. really well. It's it's, it's the kind of thing where. It's the kind like, of thing where Bynum, Bynum, and Bynum yeah, Bynum and, would be my point guard choice. That's true. So it's two, yeah, it's two versus like, so, three. So I talk, I, I talked to coach. You said you're one in your four positions really good, or you're one in your five position really good. You're in good shape. And if you're Providence, you've got the better of the both of those. Now your wings at Kansas are elite. Like mm-hmm. that. Now my head's spinning because now. I, yeah, I, I feel like I, I've, think- I feel like I've. Like people are saying, like, well, Tio's one of us. All these Providence fans are saying, no, I like your team. Like, I like, I will pick the other team if I feel like the other team will win. But like, the more you sit and you pick that matchup apart, like, it's I, it's look, promising. I'm, tell, it's I'm promising. telling you, like, I like I, it a lot. I said I like it. it a lot. I said it. I said it as, as soon as the bracket came out. You can go back and look at the Selection Sunday show. I said it that Providence, if they find a way to get to the Sweet 16 against Kansas, they match up really well and that they yeah. can make some things happen. So um, it just, I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening there. Do you got any other questions? Yeah, I, got, I got one. This Providence is, one. is eight and a half dogs. Providence are eight and a half point dogs. Yeah, I'm going to be on Providence. Whew. I do have a question. Sorry. What current player can be a great head coach in the future? Cool. We've seen a couple have some success. Well, those are NBA guys, I guess, but still kind of same same line, same deal. What current player? Yeah. Um, Doug Edert. Yes. <laughs> Only correct answer. <laughs> my, my brain. Who, that, that's a that's a bad question for um, one twenty one a.m. No, no, on, it's a great question for one twenty one a.m. 
121 a.m. That's when you get the best Sunday answers. The first weekend. I have no. <laughs> I have no idea. Someone just said Eli Brooks. Yeah, just pick a player. Eli Brooks. Yeah, uh, said, Juwan, Juwan made a point to say how good a coach he thinks Eli Brooks will be, and like he wants him on staff. Yeah, so that's a good answer. All right, let's go. Yeah, let's go, Eli Brooks. Let's go, Eli Brooks. Go. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What else we got, Dagan? Charlie let's Moore, because get... he's older than his coaches, <laughs> <laughs> and he's been under every style imaginable. Yeah. So like uh, he's played what five different systems. He's played for Quanzo, mm-hmm. Bill Self, mm-hmm. Larinaga, and Dave Lado. How about that? I mean, three what a combo. Four, nice. <laughs> Dave Lado catching strays. At oh, one that is unreal. Sunday night. <laughs> that Lord. is unreal. All right, last question before the uh, before we do uh, three cheers. Which team will benefit off of their couple days of prep? Which team still obviously remaining will benefit the most? Purdue. Purdue will. And I think they're going to beat the dog out of St. Peter's. Thank you. Because Tia. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to kill them. You turn um, off the show for the first season. <laughs> I'm back tomorrow, baby. Who's going to, so who's going to benefit the most from having a couple of days prep uh, with, without question to me, it's Eric Musselman. Yeah. You're going to oh, give, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to give the must bus five days. To, they play on Thursday night, right? Yeah. Thursday night. So you're going to give him – they stopped playing on Saturday. You're going to give him five days to prep for Gonzaga, and he has a team that can give him problems? I think the same about Calvin Sampson with, with Houston and Arizona. Like, a full prep there is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. it. Three Houston, cheers. Arizona. Could you imagine Arizona playing without – a healthy point guard against what are you what are you what are you eating what are you eating to i'm starving i've been trying not to eat after a certain hour and we're doing this show so late i'm like freaking didn't answer the question didn't answer the question what are you eating starburst there you go there you go all right let's do three cheers rob's tired Go Don't ahead. throw this on. This is this is all on you. This is all on you. I was just on me. I'm wide awake. Okay. By the way, we're only at 222 likes. So if we can hit, if we can't get to 400 on this, that uh, was like, hey, hey, 200 likes was beer chug worthy. Not a week. Yeah, ago. But that's not Doug Eddard mustache. Mustache. Worthy. I I have a great beard. I've been taking me. It took me a long time to grow this beard, deal. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man, who am I? Who am I cheersing to this evening? I'll tell you what. I'm not cheersing to. <clears throat> These freaking headphones. These are the worst headphones. These AirPod Pro, they just fall out of your ear. Maybe I have funny shaped ears. I don't know. These things I are think terrible. I've literally never, they never fall out of my ears to you. They are the worst. Dude, I'll just be sitting here. I'll just itch my head sideways. I'll fly out 90 miles an hour and knock the person out beside me in the airplane. <laughs> they are the worst. So they don't get my cheers. Okay. Um, well, my cheers goes to... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be St. Peter's. Uh, I know it's boring, but I mean, look, I I grew up on whoa 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 whoa. whoa. St. Peter's played yesterday. Hold on, coach. Hold on. I I haven't been on the field to see it after dark since then. No, we're not. Time. You're not. No, no, you're not doing St. Peter's. Get I, out I get, of here with that. I'm, no, I'm, it's no. I'm not. This is unreal. It. What is happening? <laughs> no, go off to the dictator. To talk about how cool St. Peter's is. So the actual uh, the actual team that I will cheers to today, uh, or the actual person is Christian Coloco because that guy does not get enough respect for how good he is nationally, the way he impacts the game defensively, on the offensive end, the way that he shapes their team. Christian Coloco, 
Cheers to you, my friend. Another cheers day at the office. Some guy in the chat just said he has sweaty ears. <laughs> That's when you know we're struggling on after dark, man. Hey, Oglesby's per, Oglesby's earlobes perspire, so he can't keep these things <laughs> in his ears. All right. Um, my cheers goes to Isaiah Wong and company for proving me right. Well done, gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. There you Played go. Really Take well. Take your victory laps. Take your victory laps, T.O. There you go. Mm-hmm. Got to do it when you can. Um, uh, my cheers is going to go to T.J. Otzelberger, yeah. Iowa State, written off. Uh, I know Powell had a tweet today. It was like, everybody, no one thought we could do it. Like, everyone doubted us. Like, you're, you're dupe, man. Everyone loves you. Chill out. Enough with that. Um, everybody doubted Iowa State. Nobody, yeah, go out, go find me somebody, anybody in the preseason that thought that Iowa State would be in the Sweet 16. No. Nobody did. They were coming off a 2-22 and 22 year, uh, changed head coaches, changed staffs, brought in a bunch of guys. Um, and they're now in the uh, the Sweet 16. So cheers to cheers to TJ. Um, cheers to Christian Coloco and Ben Matherin. We got to give him his uh, his flowers, too. He was unbelievable tonight. Um, cheers to St. Peter's. We'll give you that because of nuts hanging Dagan. And uh, I've already forgotten who T.O. said. Oh, yeah. Isaiah Wong. Isaiah cheers Wong. to Isaiah Wong. Hey, by this the way, been- can, can, can we hold on? Can we address this? Nobody thought we could do it. Bullshit. Because like. Powell Bankera saying, nobody thought we could do this. I'll play a Duke. We're sure we, we, nobody thought we were in the Sweet 16. Shut up. Next. And then who is the kid who won the Heisman Trophy this year? They get the Bryce quarterback Young. from it. Bryce Young. He's like, nobody thought I could do this. There were so many haters. The dude was ranked number two in the nation coming out of high school. Nobody was hating, bro. Nobody. D- Tom Brady pulls the same crap. It's it's getting, it's getting really getting out of hand. Well, can I, can I, can I, can I say something to that? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, so since starting this field of 68 thing, like I, oh, here we go. Here we go. No, 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 in all yeah, seriousness, like, yeah. in, all, in all seriousness, every time, like I see a negative tweet or something like that, like I see it and I, it fucking locks in my brain and I remember it. Right. That's why, like, that's why I'm so good at going and finding those tweets. And every time I have a chance to dunk on someone or slander someone because of it, I'm able to do it because I see it and it just, it just gets in there and you remember it. Um, I've gotten to the point where I've built up these like fake rivalries with all of the other college basketball podcasts, right? Like in my mind, I'm like, I got to be fucking better than Titus and say, I got to be fucking better than Parrish and Norlander. We got to get better numbers than them. And in my mind, I've built up this idea that it's like, okay, we got to go beat them. Those are our rivals. When in reality, like GP and Norlander are two of my best friends in this. Yeah. Two of my best friends in this business, but like in my head, I'm like, well, we got to beat him. We got to beat him. We got to beat him at all costs. So I kind of understand where these players are that are like when they say stuff like that, like, yeah, I'm proving all the haters wrong. Um, At the same time, you play for fucking Duke, man. No one hates you. Bryce Young, you were the number two recruit in the country. No, not a single person in this world has ever doubted anything you're ever going to end up doing. So I don't know where that was going. Arkansas did the same thing. Musk was like, yeah, man, like, when nobody thought we could be here, no, no one thought we were gonna win. It was, like, but you're a four seed. You played a twelve and a thirteen. Give me a break. Yeah, right. this has been the field of sixty-eight yeah, after dark. Up. Wrap it up. That wrap <laughs> nuts hanging Dagan. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Thanks, guys. Right. Let's get out of here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.